This episode is sponsored by Greenwood Bank. Man. If you ever built something a little bit, for one, you start feeling yourself because you up. And then you got a little bit of extra money. And then you start putting money in the stuff that's not the same thing that you built. You're taking your eye off the ball. So one of the worst things you could, anybody ever experienced that? Something starts to grow. It's like planting a seed. It starts growing a little bit. You're like, yo, I'm a farmer. And three, two, one. You're listening to The Real Social Proof Podcast with Mr. Sleepers for Suckers himself, David Shand. Let's get it. All right. The last panel of Invest Fest, something that I'm, I'm extremely, extremely excited about. It's called New Age Entrepreneurship. And we definitely have a bunch of new age entrepreneurs that's changing the game and doing, doing business in a way that has never been done before. Uh, with social media, so many things have changed. So, I told you that Dave Chance was the hardest working man in showbiz. He is a relentless when it comes to his work ethic. So it's only right that he lives up to that. He's going to do back-to-back panels. He is going to host this panel, which is a star-studded lineup. So, yes, we're bringing him out. I think he had a wardrobe change, but um, Dave Chance, yeah. ladies and gentlemen. All right, I'm back. How was it? How was the first one? How was that was good? All right, stand up. I need y'all to stand up. I need y'all to stand up. DJ, can you play that again? No, I need I need it moving for the end. Y'all know the dance? Does anybody know the dance? You know how I do it? Ain't it like Yeah. I got white rhythm. I can't really dance like that. <laughs> I got white rhythm. It's crazy. All right. All right. Are y'all excited? We about to get into some high level entrepreneurship conversation. Anybody an entrepreneur here? Anybody going to make their first six figures this year? Anybody going to make their first seven figures this year? Anybody going to be the first millionaire in their family? I want y'all to say this. I want y'all to say this. I am a millionaire on three. One, two, three. One, two, three. One, two, three. Okay, cool. It's one thing to be a millionaire. It's one thing to be a millionaire. But what about creating millionaires? Can you imagine that? Can you imagine being so far up and so good at the information you teach that you're creating millionaires? I want y'all to say I'm a millionaire creator on three. One, two, three. One, two, three. Louder. One, two, three. I need you to say it like you believe it. One, two, three. All right, I'm ready to get into this. Give yourselves a round of applause. Let's get this party started. Let's get this party started. All right, all right. Now for the entrepreneurship panel. I want you to put your hands together. For a young lady who, when I tell you she understands business, one, she is an entrepreneur, but she's an entrepreneur creator. She's putting people through programs that allow them to become entrepreneurs straight from her community. I need a roaring round of applause. Start clapping, start clapping, start clapping. Kezia Williams! Turn my music high, 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 high. Yeah. Sure I do. I'm from the streets with a hook to swallow on me. Pull us a follow on me. Let's get it. 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 Let's get
man. We about to have some fun. Next up, next up, my sister, man. I have she's been up for a long time. And when I tell you she puts on for women, I've been like I've been trying to sneak into one of her like entrepreneur clubs, but it's all women. I feel like it's discrimination a little bit, right? But she really loves her people. It's not discrimination, no? It's cool. I need you to start clapping, start clapping, start clapping. Roddy Brown! Y'all can do better than that. I said Ronnie Brown! It's a whole lot of money in this motherfucker. All right, all right, all right. Another, another female powerhouse. Yo, it's just... So we bringing up all women right now? This is what we doing? Just black, black women excellence today, all day? Young lady first, pioneering the water industry, Paula McCarthy! Oh, that's what we doing? That's what we doing? I need claps. I need it. I need it. I need it. I need it. We need the energy. All right, okay, we do got a brother. It's going to be me and my brother. Okay, cool. Um, and finally, uh, one of the most interesting, one of the most impactful entrepreneurs that I know that our generation will know unapologetically himself and running a bag up for him, his whole family, his entire community, Mr. Derek Grace. That's all we got? I said, Mr. Derek Grace. <laughs> I'm definitely. Yeah, I love this guy. Nah, grind straight with cash out continuous. Mogul in the making, autonomous black businesses. Broken culture that we all lost. Niggas in elevated innovation over ignorance. I represent it. Suburban tenant, five or less percentage. Close curb, but the Mac 11 muscle vintage. Go first, double back and come and get your niggas. Yes, power to your people that ain't Y'all all right? All right, round of applause real quick because just, just give them their flowers in advance. I need a roaring round of applause in advance. You give it to them, they give it to you. All right, have your seat. Take your seat. Take your seat. Take your seats. All right, I'm ready. I'm ready. Y'all all right? Yes. Y'all good? Okay, cool, cool, cool. So um, really, I am excited about this panel because um, all of y'all are really, really killing the game, okay? And I just want to give y'all an opportunity to say something to an entrepreneur, before we even get started as an entrepreneur, there's an entrepreneur in the crowd that um, they came here and they see the people on the stage and they say, that's for them. I thought when I was coming up that success was like this gated community where you had to have some sort of plug or some sort of connection or I just, I never believed it could happen for me, right? So I would like you to just give... Um, a, a, a quick word to that entrepreneur before we get started, and we'll start here. Hey, hey InvestFest! Oh, I know y'all can do better than that. I said, hey, InvestFest! Oh, I'm feeling the energy. My name is Professor Keys. I know some of y'all have been saying Kez, but it's Keys like Keys, Keys, Keys. I have a word for that entrepreneur, and that is this. You are crazy. And I can say that because I'm crazy. 
Most entrepreneurs are crazy because when you're talking about your business idea to people who can only see with eyesight and you have vision, sometimes it's a disconnect. That's what we're doing? You have to be crazy to think that you can materialize the substance of things hoped for and evidence things not yet seen. Entrepreneurs are the people who take a vision and they make it real. I don't know one entrepreneur in this audience that doesn't believe that billion dollar dreams are not birthed with bargain basement work ethic. This is why this man had you all stand to your feet and say, I will be the first millionaire in your family because those people who have faith know they have a million dollars in their bank account before they even make their first Talk sale. about it. Talk about it. Talk about it. And so for entrepreneurs in this audience, this is what I want to tell you, that your vision is valid. And the enterprise that you're birthing right now will birth a billion-dollar enterprise. Ooh. Amen. This is what we starting with? This is where we at? Ronnie. Amen. Like, Ronnie, you have, you have definitely been uh, empowering entrepreneurs for over a decade. I mean, you, you understand the ins and outs, both sides working for other people's companies, contracting, building your own, all genres, students all over the place. What would you say to that entrepreneur in the crowd? So the first thing I'm going to say is, hey, girl CEOs. <laughs> oh, your tribe's here. Huh? Your tribe is here. Oh, my tribe is here. Shout out to all of my girl CEOs that are in the building. Let me hear y'all make some noise real quick. <laughs> Yeah, my girls show up. But the first thing that I would say is build your own table. I think that we often get so lost in getting connected to the people on the stage or sitting beside or getting a picture with the person on the stage. But as I was growing and building my brand, the people that I was coming up with are now the people on the stage. And at one point in time, those were the people who were sitting beside me in the mm. audience. So often we're looking for the people up here that we don't even take the time to introduce ourselves to the person sitting beside us. So one thing I will challenge you to do is to just look to the person next to you right now, get their phone number, shake their hand, follow them on social media. Don't get so caught up with trying to line up and get in the line with the people up here. Because I remember when I was growing in that audience, the people who were beside me in the very audience that you are in today, those people are now on this stage with me. You and I, we go back. Absolutely. We go way back. Absolutely. We were in the audience together. And look at this. Right now, we have top two podcasts on yes. iTunes. Talk about it. Come on. Talk about it. <laughs> so network with the people beside you and stop running up to the people on the stage. That's a fact. That's a fact. Clap it up. Clap it up. So there's literally, um, there's, a, there's a podcast category in entrepreneurship. There's a bunch of categories, right? But entrepreneurship, there's a category. Anybody want to start their podcast? Anybody here going to start? Anybody here going to start a podcast? Okay. In the category of entrepreneurship, there's two black podcasts in the top 20. Two. In the category of entrepreneurship, there's two black podcasts in the top 20. Me and Ronnie. Look at God. Won't he do it? Which means there's room. Say there's room. Say there's room. room. And we need you. All right, cool, cool, cool. Paula. Hi. How are you? I'm good. Um, First off, you're super fearless. 
right? You're jumping into an industry of water. Water. I'm in the water space. Never, ever heard of anybody. I, I never even thought, I never walked down a water aisle like, man, I could make a Dasani. I could make a Polar Spirit. I could make that. Yeah. So I, I, want, I want you to take me back before, if you ever not believed that you could win real big. What would no, you say to you in the crowd? So um, I am you, right? So firstly, I am not what you would expect an entrepreneur to be. I'm a single mother. I'm everything that they said uh, you shouldn't be and can't be, right? So for me, um, I got into the water space by accident, honestly. I, I feel like I'm an entrepreneur. Um, it's innate. Like, I don't know, some entrepreneur, entrepreneurs are uh, born and some are, are taught and learned, but for me, it was just innate, right? So when I got into this water space, it was really by accident. And I want you guys to think about different industries. Um, we're, we're kind of marginalized and put in these boxes. So I want you guys to understand that there's so many industries that we are excluded from. Um, and water is one of those spaces that I wanted to, again, by accident, that I'm dominating. I'm the only black woman in New York to have this water spring company. Um, I'm a manufacturer. <clears throat> so I say to everyone sitting in the audience who don't see themselves, who want to be entrepreneurs, um, sorry, it just, it just kind of, this has been this has been a hard journey for me. For me, my my baby, my baby is an infant right now. My business is an infant. Everyone up here, um, your businesses have been flourishing for some time, but my my business is a baby, right? Um, and you can, if you want to, get into so many different industries. Think outside of the box. Push yourself, and um, uh, yeah, Sorry. clap it up. <laughs> Look. And Paula is here for one of you. I'm talking about, like, to let you know, it don't take 10 years. So th that's why I think, I, shouts out to EYL for putting this panel together. Yeah, my, my business is less than a year old, and we're less doing really well. Less than a year really old, well. and you're on the big stage. Clap that up. God, God who's going to be up here next year? That's how Who's going to be up here next year? I mean, like, who's going to, y'all know they're doing this again, right? Who's going to be up here next year? Who's going to be up here next year? I see a couple people standing up. I see a couple people standing up. I see a couple people. I see a couple people. I see a couple people on that side standing up. It don't take all day. It don't take all day. Okay. Okay. I'm, I'm getting excited. Okay. I got to calm down. Derek. Yo, first off, you ain't the only one with chains, bro. Hold up. You feel me? You ain't the only one getting money around here. <laughs> Untuck my chain. Yo, um... As an entrepreneur, it's so funny because the way, the way Derek talked to people, like some of us might be like, hey man, you could do it. Derek be like, yo, you stupid if you don't. You, go, you want to be poor for the rest of your life? Wait, you want wait, to be wait, broke? Wait, wait, bro. So, <laughs> wait, wait. There's two words I never use is stupid and dumb. Okay. So those, I, I, what is, I, what is I something allow, that you use? I allow my children to curse, but they can't call each other stupid or dumb. That's, I ain't mad at that. Those like, but... I will say foolish or, or ignorant, <laughs> ignorant to the fact, but no stupid and dumb. So, so talk, talk to somebody in the crowd who they can't get past their environment or their backyard, right? What would you say to them? 
the biggest thing I would say, bro, is, y'all, it's no better feeling than getting paid to be yourself. So I want y'all to stop. I want y'all to stop feeling like, stop feeling like y'all got to conform or y'all got to fit inside a, sort, a certain normality to get break into an industry. Just create your own industry and go disrupt it and do it and play the game however you, however you want to play it. So I tell everybody, like, common sense and traditionalism are not friends. That's why most people that's living by traditionalism really don't have common sense type of results because you're basically reliving a problematic cycle thinking you're going to get there by just, you know, taking the game that the people that took an L with it did before you. So my biggest thing, I tell everybody, like, marketing is cool, but if you really are who you say you are and you can market, that's when you're really going to see some paper. So to everybody that, that got marketing plans and marketing schemes and things in which you do, Try to keep it genuine. Try, try to be as true to yourself as you can be because people identify with authenticity and relatability. So I'm not, and not knocking nobody it is, but I'm never going to throw a suit on and change the tone of the way in which I articulate to get acceptance. I'll just build a building next to the people who didn't like how I articulate, outwork them, outmarket them, and then we'll just go from there. And I, I, I hope all y'all do the same. Every industry y'all want to get in, disrupt it, but disrupt it with substance. They hate you when you're smarter. They hate you when you're stronger. Approach them that way, but we're not trying to fit in. They can fit in what, to what we're doing, but we're not fitting in to nothing they're doing. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. All right, so this is like, a, a, like entrepreneurship today. And Ronnie, you've been an entrepreneur for a long time. I like to know how, how entrepreneurship has changed. Like, what are some things that you had to uh, learn about this day and age as an entrepreneur to help you win? So the biggest thing that I had to learn was the power of pivoting. You know, often we start businesses, careers, visions, and we are just so married to the initial outcome. But what I realized over time is that you have to continue to reinvent yourself over and over and over again. And another thing that I realized that is really about getting attention. You have to be at a space where you have value in order to get attention. I'm not just saying act crazy. I'm saying add value. You know, this is the space where people want to receive something from you that's valuable and you have to add something to their lives before they decide to buy into you. Um, another thing that I will say is right now, people are buying people. They're not buying into companies. They'll whoa, buy whoa, whoa, you. You said people are buying into people. <laughs> Let me run it back. Y'all ready, best friends? Can I get a yes, best friend? <laughs> All right. So what I'm saying is it used to be you could hide behind a brand. You can hide behind a logo. People would not know who you were. They didn't want to know who you are. They just wanted to buy your company, right? Things are changing. People want to know the owner behind the company. They want you to have a personal brand. So for me, I develop a lot of brands for people behind the scenes. So a lot of people who have companies, I've helped them develop their businesses. But right now, I'm telling them that we need a personal brand, and then we also need a business brand. And on this personal brand, I need you to be authentic, right? We were talking about Derek saying authentic to, to his true self, right? People want to see you laugh. They want to see the behind the scenes. They want to see your family. They want you to be yourself. They don't want you to tone switch. They want to see who you are in your authentic space, right? They buy into that, and then they filter over to the business. So the truer you are to yourself. 
It's so important that black voices are represented in black media for so many different reasons. And the next generation of black uh, voices and influencers from black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collections, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. And every episode is a living account about what it means to be black today, told from a unique black perspective. From Bobby Smyrta to The Wire, Michelle Obama to Reparations, there's no limit to the range of Black Stories, Black Truths. I listen and I'm enjoying these conversations that are for us, by us. Black representation, again, it hasn't always been uh, shared from our perspective. And black perspectives haven't been censored in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the black experience. Here are a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center black voices. It's NPR Noir. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as very nuanced and black as the country we reflect. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen to the Black Stories, Black Truths on NPR, wherever you get podcasts. So the way that we stand out and we don't blend in and people don't say, oh, she reminds me of this person. We do that by being authentic. And once they buy into you, they then support your business. I've built two companies like that. Girl CO, which is the community for women in business. And also I have a beauty company, Holistic. And I build the community and my businesses through showing up as myself and adding value to people every single day. Yeah, 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 yeah. Keys, and I guess kind of staying on that point, what I've come to find out is um, one one of the hardest things to be is yourself. In my, in my opinion, because we see there's so much online. Look at the people on the stage and we want to be that. And it's hard. It's hard to tap into who I am. Like, do I do I do I like that because I like it or do I like the Wraith because all my friends got one and I'll be falling into that sometime. But how do you tap into that that genuine you as an entrepreneur? I think that there are individuals in this audience that find it difficult to be who they are in a majority workspace. So I came into entrepreneurship because I was working a job for six years that felt like a jail sentence. Every single day that I went to work, there was a piece of myself that I had to leave behind. Ladies, you know what it's like to go to work with an afro and people ask you, why do you have this hair? So I went to work with braids in my hair and they asked me why I had vacation hair at work. And these are individuals, right, who have gone to school, gotten the same high school diploma as Karen, gotten the same college degree as Bob. Your resume looks the same as Karen and Bob, but when you go to work, Some of us working two times as hard, two times as smart, you're getting paid a separate but unequal paycheck. And yet the requirement is for you to step into the space and code switch. 
So I love Beyonce, but when Beyonce says I want to be the next black Bill Gates, what I think is that black people are pursuing entrepreneurship because they're seeking a level of economic independence that the corporate workplace cannot provide. So entrepreneurship allows for me to show up as my authentic self unapologetically every single day, right? And then I become the hand that feeds not only me, but my family. Y'all heard Chopper up here. He said, any hand that feeds you has the power to serve you. So there are entrepreneurs in this audience that will go to work nine to five and earn a separate but unequal paycheck, but then go home and build their business from six to midnight because you realize that there is a skill that is being disrespected in the workplace. And if you can own your labor, then you can own your freedom. And I want to talk specifically to black women in the audience who are the fastest growing segment of entrepreneurs. Black women are resilient. Black women are powerful. When you invest in a black woman, she guarantees returns. And so black women especially, okay, are investing in themselves because they're realizing that you can't pay me what I'm worth. Now I called out black women. I also wanna call out black men because black women need black men and black men need black women. Yes, I own the black upside. She talking good. And we train black entrepreneurs but I would be remiss to not mention my second business, which is My Black Receipt. And this, that was founded by me, but there are strong black men behind that effort, one of which is sitting front row, 19 Keys, okay? Who helped us collect $7.7 million in receipts from black-owned businesses when corporations were making empty promises about keeping the 41% of black-owned businesses that were expected to close open. And that is an example of black men and black women working together. I love it, I love it, I love it. Ooh. <laughs> this is what we doing? This is what we doing? <laughs> All right, all right, all right, all right. So, Derek, I gotta ask you too, because it's been, I follow you, and I'm seeing that you're quitting the teaching space. But, okay, can I just ask you, like what, okay, you don't have to answer if you don't want to. But like last year, what did you make off of teaching last year? Um. Right up under 11 million. It was 10 point something and some change. Million. 10 point something. Hold on, let me talk about Shay back in. (laughs) Back in. 10 point what? Bro, I don't remember the exact point, but it was was close. It was right up under 11. So we just ran up with 11. Okay, let me, hold on, give me a second. Let's say last year you made 11 million. Why? Yeah, like, why not just do it again? You run the play back. Why? Who stops that, though? Uh, I mean, bro, I'm going to let them in on it in a minute when it gets closer to the end of what exactly it is. But I'm stopping because I don't believe in doing things that I don't have fun with. See, if we're going to keep it real, y'all, go to YouTube. I've been making videos for eight, nine years. People was wearing big clothes when I was teaching people about you know, guns and arming their children and economic this and that, bro. So April make 10 years for me. I'm, I, it's not fun no more. So I actually want to invest my time and energy into something that's actually fun. But like, 
Just sitting down with adults and building through courses and hours of classes, it don't excite me no more. I'm so uninterested in repeating myself. I want to... I'm going to show you what we're doing, bro. Why but not just one more year, though? It's just one more year, though. Like, before you, you one quit. one more year? No, I'm saying, like, why? I, I, I just don't understand that. Do you see... You, you're not afraid that maybe you can't recreate that success? Am I? No, nah, bro, not at all. Because what we creeping up on going to make me a billionaire by 34. I just turned 32 last week. So, like, paper, we not... We not tripping on the bread part because we got a formula that we trust and we know it's going to get us to the billion, billionaire mark. But, bro, the biggest thing is self-care. And for the last nine years, bro, I gave everything to everybody and nothing to myself. So, like, 32, I'm being intentional about blocking the world out and just loving on my trip. Bro, like, I got a, I got a 7,000 square foot crib. And my lady will tell you, we still don't know where some stuff at, but I could tell somebody how to do an LLC and get their family together. No, so it's the, I, I gave the game my 20s. So my 30s, I'm enjoy all my houses, all my children, make more children, and, and, and just and talk to people when I feel like talking. I love it. This is good. This is good. Hey, and I, after that, I got to come to you, Paula, because you're just now getting started, right? Not just now, but I mean, about a year now, right? Yep, October makes a year. How big do you see it? And... How you see it now, is it how you saw it when you first started? So um, I bought a 25-year-old company that was grossing next to nothing. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm sorry, say it again? Yeah, I bought a 25-year-old company, but it was not really grossing. Like, you uh, bought a 25-year-old company? Yeah, but I purchased a 25-year-old company. Hold on, what was you doing before this water stuff? Um, I'm a nurse by profession, um, and I started... And I started um, a financial literacy organization where I was teaching young people how to manage their resources. I was just taking a holistic approach. I used my nursing and matched it with what I was doing. And we started taking a holistic approach on how we manage our resources. Um, And through that, um, I came to the water space so the water could support our nonprofit. So when I went out to um, the factory, I met a 79-year-old and an 81-year-old. Um, but their business did not make sense on paper. They were grossing 130000 a year. So it did not. So it did not make financial sense. Um, but what I was able to do and what we will do is um, scale the business. The water industry is the largest beverage uh, sector. It's the number one. Last year, Dasani, they did $100 billion. Um, Aquafina did a hundred billion, just water, just, um, they just, they've been in business for six years and they just evaluated over a hundred million. So it's 50 cents, you know, uh, he invested in vitamin water and he sold his small, small, he was such a minority and, uh, investor and he sold his portion of vitamin water for over a hundred million. So this is a huge sector, one that we must get into, one that we must take part in. Um, and with that, we are launching an entrepreneurship program where we're teaching people how to get into the water space doing private labeling. I like that. I like that. I like that. I'm going to ask you a question, then Ronnie, and I really want all of y'all to answer this question. And I've been asking some entrepreneurs this question. What do you think is most important in the entrepreneurship journey? Is it your network, your work ethic, or your ability to perform, your skill set, your network, 
your work ethic, how hard you work, or your ability to perform. What's most important to your success? Your network. The people that I met over the last year, um, these are the most invaluable relationships that I've made. I met, um, I met Cheat Code in Clubhouse. Like they heard my story and they knew Troy and Rashad. So I met them in Clubhouse and it's through that network that I'm on this stage that I was able to do EYL. So um, you can recreate yourself. So we'll, um, you can constantly recreate yourself if you have the net right network. You could fail and fail again at business. So if you're a good, biz if you're a good business um, or entrepreneur, you will fail in business, right? Um, but it's not necessarily that you fail, but what you learn from these failures. I actually had a business here in Atlanta in 2008, right before the crash. And I spent, two, I spent almost $200,000 building out someone else's space. It was the worst investment I could have ever made. Um, but what I learned through that is now that I could see what my business needed. In, in nine months, I was able to go into my business, see what it needed, and I was able to really scale it. So my network and the people that I actually communicate with, I'm meeting the dopest people in the dopest spaces. So even if my business failed tomorrow, I could recreate it. I love it. Ronnie Brown, network, your work ethic, or your skill set? What's most important? I'm gonna, I'm gonna cheat and I'm gonna say both. I'm gonna say two. So I would say the two most important things that you need would definitely be your network and then it would be your work ethic. Why are these two things really important? The first thing is who you know can take you further than what you know, right? There are a lot of people that are where they are, not because they are smart, not because they have value, it's because they knew people who can put them in the right position. How many of you all can contest that? You see some people, you be like, how the hell, <laughs> right? How the hell did they get there? But the truth is, they know the right people. So it is all about your network. It is all about you taking the time to build relationships. And I'm gonna go a bit further on this. So many of you all take relationships for granted. We don't value relationships. We operate in ego. We are so focused on being seen, being the star. We wanna shine, we wanna be loud. We want everyone to focus on us. But for real, for my world and the way that I see things, I built a network to give other people a platform. So I don't want you to look at me. I want you to know that my receipts are the people that I pour into. So it is truly about building the network. The second thing is the work ethic. Let me just tell y'all, stop looking at what everybody else is doing. Some of you are spending so much time on social media. You're looking at, oh, this person just bought a house. This person just bought a car. Oh, look, she made a million dollars. She posted her numbers on her Shopify store and it's eating you alive, right? but you should be less focused and more focused on your business. You ever see it? Y'all ever go to a, a, a race, a, a horse race? Raise your hand if you've ever been to a, a horse race. Okay. One of the things that you'll learn and see in a horse race is the horses, they have blinders on. Okay. You will never see a horse win a race looking to the left <laughs> or looking to the right. The horse who's winning, it's, they have blinders on and the head is straight. They're straight ahead. They're focused. And the reason why they're going to win is because we can't win if we're looking to the left or the right. It's actually going to slow us down, right? So your work ethic, one thing you should be focused on right now is nobody's going to outwork me. 
Yeah. I wake up every day. I'm true to this. I've been doing this for 11 years. Only, every day. only the hard workers, the only ones that's adopting that, clapped. It was like two or three of them Listen, that wake up every morning like you. It was only two or three. That's it. And today, I'm not doing this for me. I have my kids here. They're in the front row. My sons, two young black boys. Some of you all may think I'm here, but my goal is to put my kids in the room because I know the power of networking. I want them to meet people. I want them to learn the power of relationships. So two things is work ethic 100%. And then the second thing is 100% your network for sure. So you, so work ethic one, network two. I'm going to say network one. Network one. Okay. Because if you know enough people, you can do less work. It's all about delegation, to be honest with you, right? That's a fact. Learn to play. Keys. Right. Network, work ethic, or skill set? I'm going to go with option A, B, C, D. <laughs> so okay. I'm going to ad-lib a little bit. But um, I think that every black person should uh, own a business, even if they never wanted to be an entrepreneur, because the tax code was set up for owners to win and employees to pay. Hold on. What's the option, though? What's the option? Oh, no, no, you got to gonna... pick one, The though. option. The option is this. Because you said, what? What's most important for and you? Out to of un... these three. Out of these out three. Out of those three. I want to yes. go to the fourth one. But okay. we'll, go, we'll take it back to work ethic. Care about my we'll come back to work ethic. The tax code was set up for owners to win and employees to pay. And so why it's important for us to understand the tax code, because there are things that you're paying for right now that could absolutely be write-offs, okay? The cell phone that you use, the laptop that you're on, the cell phone bill, the home office. And the reason why that's important is because we will go to work every single day for the direct deposit. They will tax you before that direct deposit hits. And I'm sure some of y'all in this audience uncounted how much they deducted from your check. And then you take that same check and you go and you spend it on goods and services and you're taxed again. When you start a business, then there are things that you're spending right now that you can operationalize and reduce your taxable income so that you pay less taxes. Let me help make that real for you. There is a president that y'all used to have that pays $750 in taxes as an entrepreneur. There is a corporation, Amazon, that paid zero taxes because they took advantage of the tax bill. The second is we have to understand the way that policy works. Now, I think it was Jim Jones or somebody, no, actually, I think it was Ryan Leslie that talked about the PPP, right? So while a lot of people were celebrating the stimulus checks, there were a lot of entrepreneurs that were looking at the stimulus bill, right? So there were $1,400 in checks being cut but there were $20,000 to $100,000 in funds being allocated to black entrepreneurs. There's funding that gets added, allocated to community development, financial institutions, and why it's important for entrepreneurs to understand policy, because there are some people in America that pulled up on a policy, but they expect for black people to pull up on a bootstrap, and that's important. So, the hold on. Understanding the tax code is more important than having a good, ne a good network. You can or have work to work ethic? at it, but you also have to understand your why and the reason why business ownership and ownership just in general is important. Okay. Because income is taxed at a lower rate than assets. And your LLC, your LLP, your C corporation, and your S corporation are assets. I like to say that black people are overachievers, meaning that the tax code allows for you to attempt to make a sale for up to three years and still write off ten to $25,000 in write-offs every single year, which a lot of people do, 
your business fails, it gets classified as a hobby, you can start another one. And now if you're making $60,000 a year in your job, writing off $25,000 in your business, now you're paying less taxes and you can put that money to work any way you want, through the real estate, like through I, the stock market, etc. So it's important to understand how that works. It's gotcha. a policy. For sure, for sure, for sure. And I want to bring it back full circle because I don't think you're understanding the way the policy works. The Homestead Act allowed for white people, white men to own land. Social Security allowed for white people, white men, to retire comfortably. We have MG the mortgage guy who's sitting here talking Kiana, right? Rashana, who is talking about real estate and getting loans, right? Redlining, right? Allowed for some people, white people, to get government-backed loans to buy home, uh, homes while we couldn't. Those are policies. People pulling up by policy, but telling black people there's no venture capital, there's no bank loans, and there's no grants for your enterprises. So when we're able to understand policy, we're able to unlock the resources that our ancestors invested in building up this country and make sure that that money comes full circle back to us while still owning the business that has your name on it. And we heard Ronnie talk about her two kids in the front of the audience, right? She can own that LLC and put her children as members of that LLC. So when she passes, it passes right along to you. Burn the candle at both six. We're talking about stimulus checks. You talk, you turn on CNBC, they're talking about six figures, right? How can I get the government to pay me? How can I get the business to pay me? And we're talking about $1,400. Let me go get a bag. I feel that. Like, I feel that. Like, I feel that. Like we're we're going to get on Instagram live and we're going to argue about it because I look, I'll be finding stuff to argue and mad about. But yes, we're going to get online and do that, okay? Derek, what would you say, okay? Your network. Because I, I just want everybody to like really understand. That's a good question, right? Like, because I think the pe- there's network here, right? There's network here. Um, but some of you see everybody and... What's up, podcaster or soon-to-be podcaster? Get ready to level up your podcast game because the number one podcast education summit of the year is back, and it's bigger and better than ever. I'm talking about the second annual podcast summit happening on July 4th and 5th in the content creation capital of the world. You already know, ATL, baby. Atlanta, Georgia, going down July 4th and 5th, two full days. Imagine this. Imagine you getting all the game you need to take your voice, your brand, your your business to the next level. Imagine getting all the insider tips. Imagine getting all the know-how that you've been craving for the last two, three, four years where you're talking about you're going to start a podcast, but you haven't yet because you don't have the tools, you don't have the tips, you don't have the tricks. I don't care if you're just starting or you're a seasoned pro. This summit has something for everyone. Picture you mastering the basics of setting up your podcast or unlocking the secrets to grow your brand on social media. We're not just talking about podcasting here. I'm talking about you want to build a long form catalog, whether it's skits, movies. We got people talking about script writing. This is an incredible experience. Imagine, imagine discovering the art of securing these lucrative sponsorship deals. And that's not all. Learn the ropes of creating a pitch deck that has sponsors knocking down your door. Oh, wait, 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 wait. There's more. This isn't just a summit. This is an experience. I'm telling you. Rub shoulders with industry leaders. And you got to network with the other people that are doing what you're doing. All the guests that have ever been on Social Proof Podcast, I'm giving them a free ticket. And in exchange, they promise me that they're going to sit down and do short interviews with you. We got podcast booths for our VIP members where you can sit down, pull somebody to a side, and you're going to create content in real time. I know what you're thinking. 
How do I get a part of this podcasting paradise? Well, it's simple. All you have to do is head over to podcastsummit.com, grab your tickets now, but hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, because I have something really, really special for you. I got a little treat for my early birds, people who take action. The next 20 listeners and only 20 listeners who get your tickets right now, okay? I'm not only going to give you 20% off of whatever ticket level you get, you get 20% off, but if you use the promo code BIGDEAL, It'll take 20% off immediately, but I'm also going to allow the first 20 people listening to this right now to be able to bring a friend, bring a teammate, bring a partner for absolutely free. You get general admission, they get general admission. You get VIP, they get VIP. Whatever ticket level you purchase, you get to bring a friend, partner, colleague, boo thing for absolutely free. Nothing extra required. My team's going to reach out to you, get your partner's name, or if you don't have the person you... No, right now yet you got time no pressure you get us back but use that code big deal that triggers to let us know you get to bring someone for free so don't wait so secure your spot at the number one podcast education summit in the country join us july 4th and 5th in atlanta let's turn your podcast dreams into a reality y'all head over to podcastsummit.com use promo code big deal at checkout and get your tickets now don't miss out on the opportunity to take your podcast to new heights take your brand to new heights take your business to new heights with this unprecedented offer okay i'll see you at the summit and don't forget to use promo code big deal most people don't know what you do the person next to you probably has no idea what you do and they'll probably buy something from you but because they don't know you and you're not willing to work at it Right or your your pro, your product service is trash. I don't know you you can't you can't perform like your skill set is not up to par. So what would you say out of these three? What's most important? Uh, real quick, bro. For me, it's not network. I'm not a people person, so network ain't my forte. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if y'all know this, but I don't do events. Shout out to my bros, EYL. For, I'm honored to be here, y'all. But if y'all look on anywhere, y'all know I don't come out the house much. I love being in the crib alone. So network not for me. For sure. But what I will say is, uh, I think you said work ethic. Work ethic or skills. Or I'll outwork anybody who won't. All right, let's do some quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you can keep. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headache, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, access from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. It just makes sense. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit from NetSuite? I know you see it. Listen to me. If you have everything scattered in business, you cannot grow. And everything is more expensive when you have more and more processes layered on top of each other, more and more softwares. You got to get out of that. And it, it will improve efficiency and cut costs. 
By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash social proof. That's netsuite.com slash social proof. netsuite.com slash social proof. Any type of smoke in my lane. They're not going to outthink me. They don't got more wisdom than me. They're not going to put up all they do to make it happen. So I'm going to be real. Some of y'all got ideas right now that you know damn well y'all should have executed on or put some energy towards last night and today. Kill your excuses, y'all, because it's somebody, it's people like me who's still hungry, even though we're successful. We want our great-great-grandchildren not to have to work for nobody. And I'm coming for anything that's in my industry. So I suggest y'all have that same type of energy. So for me, bro, it's a work ethic. Me and my team don't sit on ideas. Just keeping it a buck with y'all. I'll take some of my medicine. I'll be in my zone. And I hit my team four in the morning and be like, hey, let's make a whole video game for PS5, Xbox, and PC. They hit me back by that morning and say, say less. This way you send the wire. Let's get going, bro. So for me, it's going to be work ethic. We don't sit on no ideas. Any idea we come up with, we literally mashing out. Well, if that table ain't got four legs, we taking the one leg and we making it work till we build the other three. But work ethic all day for me. I love it. Okay. Okay. Um... I want to go through like maybe the most expensive mistake that you've made because people sit, see you all up here and they think y'all got it all together. Like we don't even mess up today. Like, I mean, I'm going to do something wrong today. I did something wrong yesterday. But what has been the most expensive mistake? I'll come to you, Paula. The most expensive mistake and what did it cost you? In the beginning. Let's go to the beginning. Um, the most expensive. Um... I really, I really, I want to go back to my $200,000 build out, um, building out someone else's space. I went into a raw space, build it out, did everything from the HVAC to the floors, to the walls. I didn't own it. Um, my business did one year in, um, we were right here in Alpharetta. The market crashed. No one was buying high-end children's clothing. Um, but someone came in the space after me. The landlord had my, my $200,000. I couldn't take out my HVAC or my walls. Um, and someone else was able to really come into that space. I know a lot of people make this very mistake. Whatever you have, uh, whatever product you have, you don't need the shiniest uh, new floors. You don't need the best space. Take whatever you have and work it now. I will not ever, ever, ever build out someone else's space again. Mm -hmm. If I don't own a building, I would not put a business in it. I need to own it before I do that. But that's it. I love it. I love it. Ronnie, most expensive mistake. And what did it cost you? It cost me $250,000. And it was real estate, thinking that I was ready to be an investor, but not (laughs) truly knowing what that looked like. Often we have the money, I had the cash, and I had someone who knew the the industry. So what I will say is sometimes we are anxious to jump into industries that we are not that familiar with. And because we have the money to do whatever, we think that we don't need the education and the experience. And I jumped into it and I learned the hard way. I got spanked. (laughs) So the first thing that I would say is, you know, don't be so hungry for the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. I think that when I was most anxious in my life, um, those were the times when I was taken advantage of the most because people can smell that anxiousness. When you're 
too hungry, when you want it too bad, those are the times when I was taken advantage of. So I would say, make sure you learn something and you go through it and you get proper training before you jump out there and try to call yourself an expert. Yeah, that's Take notes. You know what the crazy thing is? I think um, one of the most, uh, one of the most, uh, one of the worst things you can have is a little bit of success. All right, look, I know you're enjoying the episode, but I got to tell you, finally, you asked for it, and we created a Patreon, okay? We created an inner circle. We have amazing stories, amazing information, the how-tos from the episodes. The only thing we're missing is a community. So... It's about that time. We put together a Patreon. We put together a community because we have to have conversation around the information. So even this podcast we're listening to right now, there needs to be conversation. I want to hear what you got. I want to hear what you got. Like, let's throw some stuff back and forth. And because we're like-minded, we're all going in the same direction. When we connect, connect in a community, we can connect on other stuff outside the community because we're building real relationships. Okay, so... Check out the Patreon. We got three tiers. I don't care what tier you join. Um, the support is um, the support is appreciated. Okay, thank you so much. Now back to the episode. Man. If you ever built something a little bit, for one, you start feeling yourself because you up. And then you got a little bit of extra money. And then you start putting money in the stuff that's not the same thing that you built. You're taking your eye off the ball. So one of the worst things you could, anybody ever experienced that? Something starts to grow. It's like planting a seed. It starts growing a little bit. You're like, yo, I'm a farmer. You know what I mean? <laughs> I need to build a whole garden. And he started building a garden over here, and this one dies, and you didn't really know what you was doing here anyway, so all that dies, and we start jumping around. So what's been your most expensive mistake, and what it cost you? My most expensive mistake cost me $400,000. <sighs> and uh, I was working with uh, a gentleman, an, an older man, who said he wanted to be my mentor um, because he liked the work that I was doing to train black entrepreneurs. And so he made a promise that if we could apply to a $400,000 grant together, that we would split the money and we would partner on how to expand the efforts nationwide. At that point, we were just in Washington, D.C. And so um, we had dinners, breakfast. He even flew me out to Essence. He's married, so I want that type of flute out. (laughs) So I was at the Essence Festival all up in the front row at the concert, you know, trying to dance with Mary J. Blige. You know, I got two left feet, so it didn't work out. Um, But we applied for the grant off of just trust. And when the grant was awarded, it was awarded to his company. Mm. I called him to congratulate us. And he told me, don't ever call his phone again. That that was his money. And that was an expensive mistake for me. But it taught me a valuable lesson that I don't do business without paperwork. Because if it's not in writing... It's not real. And so it's important for entrepreneurs to know that you may start off hustling, right? Yes, you're the CEO, but when you first start out, you might be the CEO, the COO, the administrative assistant, the social media manager, the attorney, the accountant, et cetera. But when you begin to formalize your business and put systems and processes into place, you want to get the non-disclosure agreements. You want to get the non-competes. You want to make sure that there's contracts. Because when I went to the donor in protest, they asked me, what did I have in writing? I think the biggest loss that Black entrepreneurs as a whole experience 
is allowing our $1.3 trillion in spending power to be a blank check for other communities to sign. Now, people always ask me if I had a million dollars, what type of business I would start. And I always tell them I would open a fast food delivery service, right? Um, Chinese fast food delivery service. And people will ask me, Keys, can you fry rice? No, I can't. You know, can you roll a wine sauce? No, I can't do that. Last time I was in the kitchen, I almost burned it down, right? But then no one questions when you go into a black community, right? And the person selling you the Remy, the do-rag, right? The hair grease has never parted kinky curly hair a day in their life. There are people who take advantage, right, of opportunities in black spaces and black communities where our $1.3 trillion flows and we don't see that opportunity. If you look at studies, what you'll see is the types of businesses that we start, waste remediation, social services, admin services. You cannot draw a direct line to where a majority of our dollars are spent. The beauty industry, um, insecticides, laundry detergent, contraceptives, y'all out there keeping it safe, right? So if we're going to spend the money, then I think we need to start the businesses that can capitalize off of those assets. It's not power if we use it making everyone else rich but ourselves. That's good. That's good. You can clap for that. Mr. Grace, think oh. back. Most expensive mistake and what it cost you? Bro, the... Most expensive mistake I ever made, just being honest. I, you know, I said I don't network. Um, so I wouldn't change it. I would still live with this mistake. But I intentionally blocked out media, interviews, bookings, and all that for the last two or three years. And because T and I have a, T.I. and I have a personal relationship, I was, when he asked me to come on expeditiously, I said, yeah. But from that interview, I was averaging 30K a day. I'll start averaging between seventy and eighty thousand a day. He he then we gonna keep it real. He really he the reason a, I started. Making, a, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, you said a day? I said I was averaging <laughs> every day? Huh? A day or a week? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I was averaging thirty a day prior to me doing that interview. Then when I when I did expeditiously, it shot up to between seventy and eighty for almost like 40, 50 days straight. So my biggest mistake was that I probably could have made that type of paper a long time ago. But because I'm not a people person and I get caught up in like just being isolated and wanting to be alone, I probably missed out on countless money for the last nine years. So hold I don't even know Hold, hold on real quick, you said 70 a day for how long? <laughs> Bro, it, it was between 40 and 50 days. We hit for 70, we was hitting for 70K a day. Y'all ain't pull out y'all calculator too, y'all ain't? Yeah, bro, it, bro if I'm gonna be real, he not the full reason, cause I paid my dues, but expeditiously played a huge part in me being able to make that 1.5 a month that everybody was making a big deal about last year consecutively because once I hit his platform, like my paper doubled up to a whole mm, nother level. That's good, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> Derek, you're, are y'all married, ladies? Are you married? Yeah, single. Single? That ain't had nothing to do with nothing. I'm just trying to ask the <laughs> questions y'all want. You know what I mean? I got you. I got you. <laughs> Y'all something else. Okay, okay. Um, Ronnie, I, uh, I admire what you do in terms of um, your, you are really focused on, everything you do is for women, black women specifically, yes? What is the, is there a specific reason that you target? Is it the affinity like that you have for your people or is this, have you developed something about focus in terms of a target market that's a strategy for winning in business? What I will say is I've just 
I've developed a passion for over the years because I believe that sometimes we don't see our worth until other people see it. And by the time other people see it, it's normally too late because they've already leveraged us. They've already monetized our gifts. They've already told us that we were only worth a certain amount of money an hour. So just meeting so many talented, black, beautiful women who have gifts, God has just told me that it is my purpose to help them develop their brands and to be authentic and to monetize their gifts online. And I'm committed to that. I'm committed to it because there are so many women out here, even in this audience right now, that don't really know their full potential, that they've said that they're going to do some things and that you all haven't done them. Some people have put some things in your ears that have caused you not to take that next step on pursuing your dreams. So I'm going to come back. They call me the kick-ass coach <laughs> because I'm, I'm literally like, what are you doing? Why are you playing small? Why are you not charging your worth, Right. That is what I'm dedicated to. I have uh, one of my, my sisters and mentees here that started working with me a year ago. Today, her company makes over six figures of mine. Shout out to my girl, Tiffany. Where you at, <laughs> Tiffany? Where you at? Okay. okay. But we need other women. You know, I think it's so easy for us to rally behind um, other people. But women, we need each other. We need that sisterhood. And I'm not talking fake sisterhood. I'm talking real sisterhood, and even sitting beside her today, she was over here and she was whispering to me and she's like, I'm nervous. And I just looked at her and I said, you know what? I looked at her and I said, you deserve to be here. And I- Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Don't she? Absolutely. And I even want to just kind of take a second, David. I just want to tell you that you can be reserved. You can be an introvert. You can be low-key, you can be quiet, you can make billions of dollars. And there is, there are people, there's a tribe for you. And I want to tell you that you deserve to be here. Because sometimes when you're sitting on these stages and you're new, you're like, man, you're like, what am I doing here? You deserve to be here. Come on, come on. So, Ronnie, I, I can clearly see that this is a passion. It's not like a strategy. I'm going to focus on specifically women. Like, this is your passion. Like, even here, this isn't a part of your business strategy, but it's a passion of yours. And I, I would like to know, Paula, do you think you found your purpose? Um, I feel like your I know purpose, it's a hard question. Your purpose right. changes, right? So no one couldn't tell me that nursing wasn't my purpose. I went into nursing because I thought that was my purpose. I wanted to do medicine, had kids young. And once I ended up in nursing, I thought delivering babies was my purpose. I thought I was supposed to pray over babies. But uh, <laughs> but my purpose changed um, once I moved into the um, space of teaching young people how to manage their resources. I thought my purpose was then um, doing community development. But God kind of moved me and he positioned me again. So my purpose kind of changed. And, and we, at different stage, stages and different spaces in our lives, our purpose will shift. So for me, God has positioned me and made me a servant over water um, in a space where water is 
scarce. Two thirds of the world don't have access to clean drinking water. And God has positioned me over the most essential thing in life. And we don't know what the next five years is going to bring. So this is, has, it has been a complete labor of love. It has been difficult. Um, this has not been an easy feat. I, I have worked and cried and pushed. And at the end of the day, I'm living in my purpose right now. Um, and, and that may look different 10 years from now, but I want to get access to clean drinking water to people globally. I want to position young black people at, for us to move into this water space. So my, posi- my position, my purpose, um, it'll change. Yeah, you know, I've seen this. I've seen this a couple of times, right? Uh, Shouts out. I don't know if my man Alex is in here. Um, I've seen him usher an entire community into buying trucks. Like, I didn't think black people want trucks like that. You think of a trucker in your head, you see a white guy driving, you don't know who owns it. And I've seen him usher a whole community. And then I've seen um, my brother Wall Street Trapper. Y'all know Trap? Yes. Um, between Trap and Ian, they're ushering an entire community into, yo, I can invest in stocks. Earn your leisure there and look at look at what's going on here. Only Tony Robbins was doing this. So I just feel like you just tapped into a whole nother industry that you're about to uncover for the rest of us. So I want to say thank you. And I want everyone to understand that there's so many different industries that we could tap into. Um, I moved out to the, the capital region and I am the only black girl in a black woman. I'm the only black woman in this building for startups. And I've met such amazing women. I've met a a Spanish woman. She's actually Puerto Rican who made uh, clips for, she's made clips for the aircrafts. Um, So she has now works with the government. Every single aircraft will now take out the old clips, put in the new clips and the plane will. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Be like thousands of pounds lighter. I don't know. But she's she's doing really great things. Um, Just to see us moving and navigating, we need to understand that there's so many industries that are untapped, so many industries that we're not in, so many rooms that we need to be in. Um, So that for me... It is what we, I actually sit on a board right now. They asked me, I'm, again, I'm the one black girl in the capital district to be on the diversity and inclusion board for the gaming industry. Um, so if you are a black engineer, if you are a black, uh, you've done any 
computer science artist, developer, and you want to move into the game and space, and you would willing, if you'd be willing to move to the Capital District, DM me. Um, there's loads of opportunity in the gaming space. We 86% of gamers are black, but we are only we're non non-existing in the development space. So it's a huge industry. Water's an industry. Industries on top of industries untapped that we must we must 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 make a way and a path for ourselves. Paula, you so lit. She ain't nervous at all. Is she? I'm nervous. So, so dear, dear Grace, dear Grace, a kid asked me, um, actually, when we were in the exhibit hall, he said, man, how do you find your purpose? And I'd like to hear your perspective on that. Like, how would you answer that? You said, how did I get into it? No, no, no. He said, how do you find your purpose? Right? He asked me, he's like, yo, man, how do you find your purpose? Uh, so, bro, if you're going to be intentional about it, I tell everybody they need to do like three to seven days of fasting because I don't believe oh, people I'm, oh, can really oh, I'm sorry. Say it, say it again. Three, three to seven days of fasting. Why? Because I tell everybody you can't really know yourself if you're overconsumed with the world. You feel me? Like a lot of y'all know about sports. Y'all know about music. Y'all know what's trending, but you don't know the last time your daughter had a nightmare. You don't know what your son good at. You don't know what you're genuinely good at. So for me, bro, I tell everybody they should fast three to seven days and assess their habits in those three to seven days. Because nine times out of ten, what you're amazing at is already within. You just ain't figured out how to get it out and monetize it. Mm. So, bro, that would be my biggest thing. I would tell everybody to fast, uh, assess your habits, and then just find something that you that you like getting paid for. Like the, the old saying, find something that you could do for free that you wouldn't mind getting paid for. So for me, bro, I, I like talking. I like, I like building. I like being a daddy. So it made sense to, oh, you should go make curriculums and educational materials that you just get to kick it with your kids out there and show what y'all do while getting paid for it. And that came from fasting. I, I, I wasn't intentionally fasting. I actually went through depression, about with depression back in like 2000 and. 15, I had, had a lawsuit, I shot somebody, had all type of stuff going on. But that uh, isolation helped me to dig deeper into what I really wanted to do. And then I put out my first book that year and I transitioned from retail to strictly literature and teaching and it went crazy ever since. Mm. That was a much better answer than I gave the kid, just to tell gotcha. you. <laughs> purpose, do you think you found your purpose? And if you did, how did you find it? Yeah, I, I do. I think I have uh, found my purpose. And one of the things when people ask me uh, that question, uh, one of the things that I ask them is, what is it in your life? What, what cause do you want to serve? Because entrepreneurship, right, is about leadership. But when people think about leadership, they think about those people who are in the front. But I believe it was a word that said, let he or she who is greatest among you, serve first, right? So if you find something that you're willing to serve first, then when entrepreneurship starts getting hard, it's less easy to give up. And it will get difficult. Every entrepreneur will tell you like what it feels like to sacrifice, right? The cost of success is sacrifice. The cost of success is commitment. You know, what does it mean to not go get that expensive outfit that you want and shop at Salvation Army? When I first started my business, I wasn't even living by myself in an apartment. I was couch surfing, right? The unsexy side of sacrifice that allows you to see the vision and hold on to it. 
But I think the other side of that is once you found your, your purpose, then you have to figure out a way to find profitability, right? And that's why when you start a business, the first question they ask you is, what problem are you solving that other people are willing to pay for, right? Because if you're selling a product or service that nobody wants to buy, you don't have a business, you have a hobby, right? Mm. And the last thing that I will say is that when you're serving that purpose, when you're connecting purpose to profitability, it's important that you also understand process. So when I teach entrepreneurs, I give them a six-step process for them to follow, and I'll give you those six steps for free game right now. One, you find your problem. What problem are you trying to solve and for whom, right? So if we're talking about, let's say, Madam C.J. Walker, when she started her business, when Annie Malone, which was her mentor, started her business, there were black women um, greasing their hair or moisturizing their hair with bacon grease, right? So she wanted to solve the problem of black women being able to moisturize and grow healthy hair. Number two, you want to do your research. So you see, I haven't said anything about a business idea, but you want to figure out who else in your space is solving that problem, and you want to write down what they're doing well and what are opportunities for improvement. That's market research. So it's important for you to understand what's already out there so you can do it better, faster, quicker, smarter than your competition. And then the third thing is your business idea. And you want to be able to communicate what you do in one sentence. I'm sure Ronnie knows that when you talk to entrepreneurs, sometimes they'll give you your business and it'll be in book format. They're talking to you 20 minutes. You still don't know what they do. Can you say, I train black entrepreneurs through a six-day boot camp and help them create jobs, right? The fourth thing is, is you want to define your customer. That's extremely important because as an entrepreneur, you will become tired if you're trying to boil the ocean, right? You don't want to be a Jill of all trades, a jack of all trades, and not a master of none. So that's being specific. She's black. She's a woman. She's a mother. She lives in Washington, D.C. She goes to Alfred Street Baptist Church. She makes forty dollars to $60,000 a year because as an entrepreneur, when you're first starting out, your customers aren't coming to find you because you're new. So you have to go to where your customer is, but in order for you to understand where they are, you have to know who they are. Then you want to make sure that you tell a story about your customer so that the adjectives come alive. And the final thing is the toughest thing, and that is creating your minimum viable product. That is the sixth step. What product or service can you create and deliver with minimal resources? Sometimes we have big ideas, but you have to learn how to use what you have do what you can and start where you are. Michaelia Umer, who has the Mies and Me and the Bees Lemonade brand, she didn't start with her bottle in Whole Foods. She started making lemonade in her kitchen with her grandmother, stirring up lemonade, putting it in a plastic cup and a straw. Issa Rae, no matter if you team Issa, team Lawrence, right? She started on YouTube. That is a free platform. And then she scaled from there to get to HBO. So start with your minimal viable product. What's the smallest thing that you can create that customers will respond to you by buying? Good, good, good. Clap it up, that's good. Um, I do want to know the, um, Ronnie, what do you do with your money? <laughs> I mean? invest it in stocks. I buy real estate. Um, I put it in life insurance. What else do I do? I start other businesses with it. I put some into my foundation. I do a few Is, If you had things. a split of, do you have like a percentage that you save, a percentage that you play with, a percentage that goes back into the business? Do you have any sort of formulas like that? I don't really use my money that much. I really 
invest a lot of my money. So most of my money goes into, of course, stocks. I spent a lot of money on stocks because... What you invested in? Give me some stock tips. Everything that I use. Mm. iPhone. If I buy a Louis Vuitton bag, I got some Louis Vuitton stock, right? Okay. Um, the list goes on and on. Amazon, Chipotle. The stuff that I'm using in the places that I'm shopping at, that's where I'm putting my money at. I'm listening to Wall Street Trapper. As soon as he puts it up, I'm going to buy it. <laughs> <laughs> Grace, what you doing with your bread, man? What are you doing with your money? That's a so real where do I question, put my money? It? Huh? Where do I put it? What do you do with it? What do you do with your money? Reinvest, bro. So I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not a big saver. I don't think anybody going to get to wealth by saving. I believe in planting seeds. That's something I learned from uh, one of our forefathers in rapping business. But yeah, bro, I, I spend my money on a consistent basis. I don't believe in sitting on it. It's not doing nothing for me. Just chilling. So I'd rather put it to work. And I have a countless amount of ideas in my brain. So I just basically reinvest into the things that we find valuable and go from there. I'm not knocking anybody that do any other outside investing, but I'd rather bet the house on me before I bet it on any sheets or stocks or any of that. So salute to my bro like Ian and Wall Street. They doing their thing. But for me, bro, I reinvest all my money into either the family or my independent ideas or real estate. And we go like, if I'm a crash your brown, bro, it's going to be totally my fault. Or if I win, it's going to be totally my fault. But we, we don't bet on nothing but us. We put the, all the money on the house. I love it. I got to ask you, too. You had a really personal relationship with it, with Nipsey Hussle, right? Um, how did y'all develop that relationship? Uh, bro, we had an associate in common. Her name, uh, she does makeup. Um, and she was cool with Lauren. So she initially gave Nip my books, like, this probably be like five, six years ago. And then he ended up going to the website and ordering some stuff himself. And it, like our initial contact was via email. He just hit me up to tell me, like, oh, I know who you are. I see what you're doing. I ordered this, blah, blah, blah. And then from there, it was more frequent with us politicking in person and whatnot. What was one thing you learned from him? Uh, I go on and on. Um, disruptive intelligence. I learned that from him. So we're going we gonna to bust up in the industry, but we're going to bust up in there with a purpose. So, like, once you get past the look and the jury and all that, then you, then you realize, like, you just accidentally let some black dudes in the room who more dangerous than anybody that's in the room. But it's too late by then. <laughs> it's too late. Um, Paula, what do you do with your money? So I have a new business. So all my money is invested in my water space. <laughs> um, I... This is a sacrificial space and time for me. So I am 100% in, invested in my water space. I intend on building out a, a 50,000 square foot um, state of the art uh, spring water bottling plant that could do about 89,000 bottles per hour. Mm. Um, I want to mm. be able to do bulk water and our bulk water should be able to, uh, we're going to do that globally. We're in talks with sending water to California right now, but we're also looking at how we could support um, uh, globally, like Africa. I've been in talks with people in Ghana, Uganda, Senegal. So we're looking at how we could actually transport water. So my money is all wrapped up. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> it's coming this back. This has been a sacrifice. I'm glad, I'm glad it's been we, a real sacrifice for me. I'm glad we're having this conversation because I was definitely going to go get another chain. You know what I mean? So I need to invest it back in my business. Yo, so we, we got to wrap up and I'm going to have you close. I'm going to have you close it, close this out because um, you have something to share. 
Um, one, I want to say thank you, and so do they. Um, because I, really, this is a new thing that, that we're doing here where you go in and then you share it with your community. You know what I mean? This is a new thing. So I appreciate everybody pouring in. Um, so everybody probably got like 30 seconds to um, close this out with a word that you want them to leave with. And I'll start with you, Keys. Well, he's got to go. We had a, a plan. Go <laughs> <laughs> um, what's a word that I want to share with the community? Um, one of my favorite quotes is rising tides lift all boats, right? I'm sure you all have heard that. And when I first heard that quote, the first thing I thought about was the boat, right? Like boats. And when you think about that, right, you think who in the ocean has a small boat or the big boat or the biggest boat or the bigger boat? But when I reflected further on the quote, what I realized is that when I think about rising tides lift all boats, that we're all called upon to be the tide, right? So everyone in this audience has a special skill, gift, and talent that you can contribute to the community. And as Ronnie was alluding to, we shouldn't choose the sea of competition over the sea of collaboration. Because if you're operating within your purpose and you're operating as being a tide, as you rise, you lift others with you. And I think one of the things that we overlook in the black community is exactly what Ronnie said, looking to the left and looking to the right and realizing $1.3 trillion, that's enough bread for all of us to eat. And so that's what I would leave folks that's with. That's good. ladies and gentlemen. Okay. Ronnie. About 30 seconds, close this out, something they can leave with. So one of the things that I would say is you are worthy. I'm going to say that one more time. Matter of fact, I want you all to say it with me. On the count of three, I want you to say, I am worthy. One, two, three. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. You are worthy of the life that you want to live. You are worthy of the freedom that you want to have. You are worthy of the wealth that you deserve to have. You are worthy of all those things. One of the biggest mistakes I see us make is thinking, why and how and why isn't this happening for me? And is this really what I'm supposed to be doing or am I supposed to be here right now? Yes, you are. Yes, you are. Yes, you can. And yes, you will. You are worthy. Bonnie Brown, ladies and gentlemen. Ms. McCarthy, close us out. Um, so for me, I just want you to understand that whatever you're thinking, think bigger. Whatever you're dreaming, dream bigger. Don't allow society to marginalize you or put you in a box. There's so much that we need to do. I'm tired of saying that I'm the first black woman to open a spring water bottle plant in New York. Um, that is... We built, we're the foundational principle of this country. We built it. So we're not the first black anything. We are the, um, we are it. So just make sure that you 
start exploring different spaces, industries, knock down the doors. Like we can absolutely create our own ecosystem. So I just want to say whatever you're doing or wanting to do, do it now. Don't wait. Our time is limited. We don't have tomorrow. Um, January, my niece passed away at 20 years old. Tomorrow is not promised to you and you don't want to live in regret. So maximize the time that you have today. Do whatever it is that you want to do today. So, Paula McCarthy, ladies and gentlemen. I said Paula McCarthy. Okay. Um, and Derek Grace, uh, you have something to share with us, right? Um, yeah, bro. I'm, I'm going to share something even better than the last statement. Um, you asked before, why would I want to walk away from teaching? Thank you, babe. You asked earlier, why would I want to walk away from teaching if it made so much money? Well, uh, today, and I wanted to debut at EYL on my bro's platform because they're the biggest in the world. But, um, That's a fact. That's a fact. But, bro, so... My video game coming out for PS5, Xbox, and PC this fall. Uh, we dropping our own independent network. Hold on. Everything, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. You said a video game coming out on PlayStation. PS5, Xbox, and PC this fall. And then also... Hold on, hold on, y'all. I got more. I got more. Um, we dropping our own network, bro. DGTV. So, y'all, all that, un- all that censored nonsense social media with... All that banning, that's over. I tell like, my new saying, bro, is they own the internet, but we own the internet. Independently coded, independent, bandwidth, everything. So nobody can't stop, nobody can't stop us, shut us down, no nothing. So, hey, y'all, if, if, if we can, can, can we cue the video real quick so, so everybody can see what we're working with? Can we cue the video, please? getting banned, bro. Yeah, I done tried everybody in the world to get my Instagram back. Biggest thing that we're dealing with uh, in the culture, uh, as of now, 2021, is a censorship. Your favorites can't really speak on how they genuinely feel. Shit, you as a consumer, you as a follower can't speak on how you genuinely feel. Hey, I'm just here so I don't get fined. I'm here so I won't get fined. Hey, I'm just here so I won't get fined. I'm just here so I won't get fined. Freedom of speech is uh, uh, you know, a thing of the past with the way that these social platforms are moving in 2021. So one of the biggest things that DGTV is going to provide you, whether you're a consumer or a creator, is once you subscribe, you're either going to get access to some of those dangerous uh, free will, free spirit, doing whatever the fuck they But if you are a creator, you, you may mess around and find yourself a home and be able to express yourself. All right, y'all, so in short, we had to rush the preview because we couldn't take up too much time at EYL. But for anybody that's been wanting to be hands-on with the family, we got our own reality show we've been working on for months, independent platform. Nobody can't, listen, our oppressors don't own our network. We say and do whatever we want to do where we at. We got the education for you, the fitness, we got comedy. 
Hey, we've been signing some of the biggest influences of our culture. So when y'all see the rollout, y'all gonna know what time it is. But one other thing, listen, I want to give my bro they flowers while they can get them. So another business, bro, is Grace Assets. It's an art company, me and my partner lines. So Troy, Troy Rashad, bro, I got a dope piece for y'all to take to the crib. Bro, we got a dope piece for you to take to the crib, and, and we want to give y'all y'all flowers hey. right now. <laughs> keys we got. What keys that? We got you too, bro. We're 19 keys. No out. problem, bro. I don't know what keys dug up to y'all. And outside of that, Gabe, outside of that, y'all, all right, well, other than that, y'all, we moving around with the robo dogs. Uh, I want our culture to be knee deep into this artificial intelligence thing. So we brought out one of the actual robo dogs. It's a real autonomous robot that's in the room right now. We're not going to bring it on stage, but we'll be out mingling with it. But bro, in short, um, I want the culture to number one, have a place where they could learn unapologetically. And number two, where our creators can build unapologetically. So that's what DGTV going to be the home of, where we kick it how we want to kick it. We own everything. Only rules we making is the ones we feel like making that day. But, bro, that's why I'm done teaching. I'm getting strictly into television, streaming, networking, signing dangerous people, and making sure they able to exercise their talents without being banned or without being censored. I love it. I love it. Clap it up. Clap it up. Clap it up. I need y'all to stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. They just gave y'all an hour a game. Y'all can do better than that. Y'all can do better than that. I know y'all can do better than that. David Chance presents to you the morning meetup. Do you have an idea you need to get off the ground? Are you a small business owner looking to earn supplemental income or replace your current income? Come and join the most amazing mentorship and accountability group for entrepreneurs live with David Shands himself. That's right. This is not pre-recorded and it's not a replay. This is live every morning, Monday through Friday at 8 a.m. Eastern. In addition to the live calls, you also receive a weekly individual Q&A call, a private Facebook community, access to all call replays, and access to David's list of resources and contacts you need to be in an environment of success so head over to themorningmeetup.com today for your one dollar seven day trial that's right just one dollar for seven days of access to the morning meetup take massive action towards manifesting your dreams today themorningmeetup.com without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running everything would suddenly stop Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.